Thanks, y'all. Peace, brother. Peace, Mike. Peace, Miss Ellie. Peace, Pastor Brian. Peace, 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 Dan. Good morning, too. First of all, I just want to say thank you for being here today and thank you for your generosity as we've received the offering this morning. You just need to know that uh, your giving uh, truly makes a difference in the life of our congregation. And, and you guys give so much uh, to the life of this church. And I've had a number of conversations uh, with different people in the community and uh, frankly around the country, other pastors. And one of the things I share very regularly is I brag on you guys. I'm like, I've never been a part of a congregation that is so committed, so dedicated, and so generous. And, and those are, I'm not just blowing smoke either. I, that, that's truly uh, from the bottom of my heart. 
Um, and I am just so grateful uh, for all the ways in which you all are so generous and so giving. And, and it's not just in, the, in your financial giving, um, but you guys uh, give your time. And, and I know for many of you, uh, this church is not the most convenient uh, uh, worship experience on Sunday morning. Some of you guys come from a long way. And I just, I marvel at that, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, some of you guys, I know you drive from like Downs and, you know, for a little bit further out, but, but we've got people in our congregation uh, who drive regularly uh, from Mackinac, from Danvers, from Carlock, you know, all over the place. And uh, I just, I'm, it's just awesome. I just think it is so cool uh, that so many of you um, make the effort, because you're driving by a lot of churches on Sunday morning, right? You were driving by a lot of churches. And this morning, I just if, if you happen to be from Michigan or if you happen to be from, I don't know, San Antonio, Texas or something like that, uh, we do have a number of guests with us this morning. And I just want to say uh, welcome in Christ's name. It's good to have each and every one of you here this morning. That has nothing to do with the sermon. That was just because I was just kind of moved by uh, uh, seeing you all here this morning. Uh, as Jeff said, um, we are concluding a sermon series this morning called uh, A Pathway of Discipleship. And if you've been here over the past five, six weeks, um, we have been looking at different spiritual disciplines or different habits uh, that Christians practice in order to grow in our relationship with God. And so um, each week we've looked at a different uh, habit or spiritual discipline. We've looked at prayer. We've looked at worship. Uh, we've looked at reading scripture. We've looked at uh, gathering together in small groups. We've looked at uh, uh, serving out in the community and in the world. And today we're going to look at what it means uh, to be disciples of Jesus Christ who give generously, who give generously. Now, when I talk about giving, I'm not talking about just, you know, what's in the bank account, you know, giving money. But that's certainly part of it. What I'm truly talking about is how we give our possessions, our time, the things that uh, we have been given to us. Maybe it's our education. Maybe it's relationships with other uh, important people. I mean, when you start thinking about and calculating all the stuff all the influence that you have been given, uh, all of us have an extraordinary opportunity uh, to really give our lives. And what we've uh, learned uh, through centuries, frankly, of practicing these spiritual disciplines, these spiritual habits, is they help us to grow. They are tools to help us to grow in our relationship with God. Now, I also want to be crystal clear this morning that these are not things that we practice in order to earn favor with God. And I have to say that very clearly because if you're anything like me, it's really easy to think if I just show up on Sunday morning, God's going to smile down at me and go, wow, he made it to church today. <laughs> right? Or you might think to yourself, well, I've, I've been reading the Bible. God must really be pleased with me or I've been serving others. And, and God must, man, God's just keeping a track of, you know, of, of all the good things. And I know I sinned this week, but, but you know what? I gathered together with a small group and, and we kind of do this kind of thing in our lives, right? Where we do these things and because we, we know about this other stuff in our life. And folks, that is not what I'm talking about when it relates to these spiritual disciplines, these practices, these habits, this pathway of discipleship. That's called karma. That's Buddhism, folks. And that doesn't belong in the church. Good stuff doesn't outweigh bad stuff. What, what we're talking about today is ways to grow in our relationship with God. 
And so when, when we think about salvation, I'm just going to put salvation right here. Salvation is what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And when you are in Christ, you have bowed your knee and you have said, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. And that is and I don't want you for the next 20 minutes to be thinking to yourself, I just need to do these things or my giving is tied to my salvation because it's not. Salvation is what Jesus Christ has offered you. And if you are in Christ, if you have surrendered to Christ, your salvation is good and you can't lose it. I don't want you to sit here thinking, oh, my salvation hangs in the balance. It doesn't. It's done. Let's just put salvation on the shelf. Okay? That's not what we're talking about when we're talking about a pathway of discipleship. What we are talking about is how we can live an abundant life in the here and now. A pathway of discipleship is, is experiencing goodness and God's faithfulness and God's love and all sorts of wonderful things right here, right now. It doesn't have to do with salvation. And so I just need to make that very clear because I talk to a lot of confused Christians. And I know I myself uh, can get a little bit confused as well. So what we're doing this morning is we're concluding this sermon series of a pathway of discipleship and how we grow in our relationship with God. And this morning, uh, we are going to look at the spiritual discipline or the spiritual habit of giving. So let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for the gathering of your people we thank you, Lord, that uh, we are reminded that you are a God who gives and gives and gives. You sent your son into this world to give us new life. So, Lord, as we open your word this morning and reflect on how you might be inviting us to walk closer with you, to grow more with you, to experience an abundant life through you. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are indeed our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, those of you who uh, have heard me preach before know that uh, through the years, our family um, has had lots and lots of pets. And currently, we don't have that many pets. We've just got two dogs. Um, we had nine fish. We lost one overnight, so we're down to eight fish. Uh, two dogs and a cat. That's all we got right now. We've had way more pets, and uh, I can tell you lots and lots of stories. But, but we're kind of, we're culling down a little bit. And um, so this past week, um, I was doing a little cleaning around the house, and I ran across uh, our dog's uh, diary. And uh, go ahead and, uh, Mike, put, put up a picture of our dog. This is Cabela. And uh, I, I just, I thought, wow, here's Cabela's diary. And so I just decided to read a little bit, and I thought I would share a little bit with you this morning. Here's what Cabela wrote. 8 a.m., dog food, my favorite thing. 9.30 a.m., a car ride, my favorite thing. 10 a.m., walk in the park, my favorite thing. 10.30, got rubbed and petted, my favorite thing. Noon, lunch, my favorite thing. 1 p.m., played in the yard, my favorite thing. 3 p.m., afternoon nap, my favorite thing. 5 p.m., milk bones, my favorite thing. 8 p.m., watch TV with the people, my favorite thing. 11 p.m., sleeping in my bed, my favorite thing. 
And coincidentally, I ran across our cat's diary. <laughs> this is what she wrote in her diary. Day 983 of my captivity. My captors continue to taunt me with strange little dangly things. <laughs> the only thing that keeps me going is my dream to escape. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that two people can experience the exact same thing, but have a different perspective on life? And that's what I want to talk to you this morning a little about when it comes to our giving, different perspectives. Because your perspective, how you see things, influences your behavior. And your perspective will ultimately influence outcome or consequences. And so I want to talk a little bit this morning about perspective, perspective in our lives. And when Jesus walked on the earth, he was regularly telling the people, his disciples and the masses, about God's perspective. And, and he would say things like, the kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like. And he would say, if you want to know about who God is, let me tell you. And so over and over, Jesus would tell stories or parables about God's perspective. And this morning, we're going to look at a story, a parable, that Matthew, one of the disciples, records. He was likely there on the day that Jesus shared uh, this particular story. And he talks about, he uses language like the kingdom of heaven. When you hear the kingdom of heaven, it's this is what God wants to say to you about his perspective. So Matthew 25, beginning with verse 14. Again... The kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who received five bags of gold brought uh, the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant, you... Um, you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come, share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who received one bag of gold uh, came and, and, and said, Master, he said, I know you are a hard man, investing where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid 
And I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when you returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one with ten bags. And then Jesus pulls out from the story. He looks at those around him and says, For whoever has, uh, for whoever, for whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness will there be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so this is a story about generosity and giving and uh, perspective. And again, this is not just about money, but this is about all the stuff you have, all the, the, the influences you have in your life, whether it's relationships, education, possessions, things, all that stuff, everything that you have, not just money, but it includes money, but everything that you have, what are you doing with it and what's your perspective? And so I want to start this morning with the perspective of the guy who was given one bag of gold, one bag of gold. And um, just for fun, um, I, I thought I would do a little research on this idea of one bag of gold. So one bag of gold uh, in the NIV translation, which we put up on the screen, um, in the original language uh, in which the New Testament was written in Greek, uh, the Greek word is talentus. Talentus, right? And so maybe if you've got like the King James or another version of scripture, it says this man was given one talent, one talent. And those of us, most of us don't know what a talent is. And so the NIV translators have done us a favor and said that he was given a bag of gold. And that's a little easier for us to understand. So in ancient times, a talent uh, was much like a pound or a kilogram. It was the heaviest weight um, that they used for buying and selling and trading and all that good stuff. And a talent weighed about 75 pounds. Okay? And so if he had, he had 75 pounds, and it says a bag of gold, and I thought, well, I'm going to just kind of calculate it out. So uh, on Friday, uh, I went to the market and learned um, that an ounce of gold was selling for $1,490. Of course, there's 16 ounces uh, in a pound. So if I had a pound of gold, uh, it would be worth about $23,840. But this guy gets a talent, 75 pounds. So times 75, this guy is given $1,788,000. Poor guy, right? This is at the point in the sermon you go, oh, he was only given $1,788,000. He totally got ripped off, right? Golly. And I bring up this point with you this morning. This is not an insignificant detail because I think it's easy for us to think to ourselves, well, he just didn't have as much as the other guys, right? And we think to ourselves, I just don't have as much as the other people. I've just got this little bit and they've got a whole lot. 
And most of us coming here this morning, we don't feel like the rich people. We feel like the guy with one talent, right? Just enough to pay the bills, just getting by or or whatever it might be. Because we can think of a whole bunch of other people who've got way more money than we do, way more stuff than we do. And they're the rich people. We're the guy with one talent, right? We've only got $1,788,000 that was just given to us. That's all we got. And if you think you're poor, I want to remind you this morning that if you make more than $700 a year, $2 a day, that's more than a third of the world. A third of the world lives on $2 a day or less. So if you get more than $700 a year coming into the bank account, you're doing better than a lot of the rest of the world, okay? I could give you all sorts of numbers this morning, and and you probably could too. The point is, if you drove here this morning, you're rich. If you open your refri- if you have a refrigerator, you're rich. If you open the refrigerator and there's stuff in it, you're rich. If you got if you had to decide what to wear today, you're rich. And so this guy, he was given just one talent. But it wasn't one little measly talent, it was a lot. So even those who are given the least are given a lot. And so the perspective this guy has, it's a scarcity mentality. Scarcity, and and scarcity simply means that there's only so much to go around. And so whatever I get, whatever I receive, I'm going to hang on to it tight. Economists call this a zero-sum game, right? So it's, it's whatever you've got. If I take some of it, some of it's going to go away. And so we've got to be really careful because the pie is only this big, and it's never going to get bigger than this big. And so we've got to bring it in as much as we can, and we hold on to it, and it's not going to get any bigger than this little pie. And a scarcity mentality or a scarcity uh, perspective says, I, I, whatever I get, I need to hang on to it. I need to hold it. And the guy in the story, he buried it in the ground because he was afraid that if he did anything with it, if it went out from his hands, oh no, something would happen. And so so much of us, this of course is the American mentality, this scarcity uh, mentality that resources are limited. And so we need to hang on to them. The second perspective, of course, is the other two guys, and they have what we would call an abundance mentality. Scarcity mentality, hang on. An abundance mentality is open your hands and let go. An abundance mentality says, uh, whatever comes to me, I need to be sharing it because the pie's not this small. It may be this small now, but it could be this big because the pie could get bigger. And it's it's thinking about how when things come to us, we need to be sharing them with others. An abundance mentality says, I've got Jesus and that's enough. Everything else is a bonus. And so I'm just gonna be open to however God might be calling me to be open-handed and just share with whatever he has given me. An abundance mentality comes from a heart of gratitude. Someone who recognizes that they've got enough And that, of course, is the difficult and challenging thing for all of us. But this is the perspective that I want to talk to you a little bit about this morning. Solomon writes this uh, in Proverbs 11.24. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. 
When we are generous with others, it comes back to us. That's what we have trouble computing because we think what comes to us, comes to us. And what Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said was, no, when you're generous, when you give freely, it will come back to you. You will prosper. There's, there's a blessing, there, there is a benefit uh, to this. And, and so Solomon is inviting us to let go. And when we do, to experience God's joy, God's peace in our lives. Now, some of you know that the Pitzer family is heading to Israel uh, in a couple weeks, right? And so uh, I put a, a map up here of Israel. And uh, uh, when they get to Israel, uh, the Pitzer family is going to spend a little bit of time up in the Sea of Galilee area. And uh, the Sea of Galilee, if you've ever been to Israel, it's a wonderful place um, because uh, it, in ancient times it was filled with all sorts of fish and, and marine life. And um, it's just kind of a, a lush uh, environment. And, and there's lots and lots of trees, um, great for agriculture. They grow wheat and barley and figs and olives. And, and, and it's so wonderful to travel up around the Sea of Galilee and see all the sights when you're up there. And, and the water is just, ah, oh, it's, it's fresh water and it's so beautiful. And then after some time, I would imagine um, uh, the Pitzers and, and their crew, they're going to go down by Jerusalem and Jericho, and, and Bethlehem is just six miles outside of Jerusalem there, and they'll spend some time there, and, and then they'll go over to the Dead Sea, and they'll look around the Dead Sea a little bit, but there's not much to see around the Dead Sea. It's really a desert. And really nothing grows there. Animals, it's very difficult for them to live there. And if, when you look into the water, it's 9.6 times saltier than the ocean. There's not a lot of marine life in the Dead Sea. That's why it's called the Dead Sea, right? Because it's dead. And what's the difference between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea? The Sea of Galilee, if you look uh, just north or up from the Sea of Galilee, that's the River Jordan. And the snow melt from the mountains, Mount Hermon, uh, the snowpack melts and comes down the Jordan River and it flows into the Sea of Galilee. And so it brings this fresh water from the mountains. And then it pools around there in the Sea of Galilee. And then it continues on south down the Jordan River to the Dead Sea. So there's water coming in and there's water going out. And if you, when you get down to, uh, to the Dead Sea, what you will see is that the Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea and it gathers and it pools and it gathers and it pools and it comes in and it comes in and it comes in and nothing flows out. All the minerals are trapped in the Dead Sea. So the difference between the two seas or the two lakes is one's got water coming in and water going out and the other one's just got stuff, water coming in. I think that's a lot like our giving. What comes to us is meant to be given away. That's the perspective that God has invited us, this abundance mentality. But too often, many of us function more like the Dead Sea. Bring it all in. Gather, 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 gather. And it's so difficult for us to let go and have this perspective 
of generosity, of abundance. So before worship this morning, uh, John and I were talking, Petrillo and I were talking a little bit about uh, a number of things going on in the life of the church. And uh, he said, hey, let's have lunch today. I'm like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's, let's get together. We still on for lunch? Yeah. Awesome. So we're going to have lunch together today. And I'm very excited about lunch with John today. And then I got to thinking, lunch with John means I'm buying. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John knows how this works, right? And so um, I, got to, I got a little bit nervous, you know, when worship started this morning because I'm like, I'm not sure that I uh, have money for lunch today. And so I was just, I don't know, I was just wondering if anybody here might have, I don't know, 100 bucks to uh, spot me for lunch today. I'm hungry. You're hungry. Okay. I've got 100 bucks. You got 100 bucks, Mark? Yeah. $100. Thank you, man. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Wow! Anybody else? Another hundred bucks somewhere? Somebody? Man, that, that is so generous of you, Mark. Thank you. And, and I'll bet you some of you are sitting here this morning thinking, well, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I bring up a hundred bucks for Brian this morning? What's going on? Well, you know what's going on. Before worship this morning, I went over to Mark and I said, hey, here's a hundred bucks. Can you hang on to this for me? And at a certain point in time in the sermon, bring it up to me. And Mark's like, yeah, I'll do that. See, this hundred dollars never belonged to Mark. It was in my pocket before worship this morning and it's in my pocket after worship this morning. Mark was just hanging on to it for a little bit this morning. And this is what it means to have an abundance mentality, an abundance perspective. Whatever you've got, your stuff, your possessions, your education, your relationships, whatever you've got, it's not yours. It's not yours. Everything you have is a gift from God. And he's come to you, he's come to me and says, here you go, I want you to take care of this. I want you to steward this. I want you to manage this. I want you to watch over this. And I've been watching Mark when the service started to make sure he didn't go running out of the room, right? <laughs> but that's who God is. He says, just hang on to it. Because there's going to come a moment in time where your life is over and it's all coming back anyways. And so this morning, I want to invite us to be reminded of who Jesus is, of who God is. He is a God whose essence is love. He's a God who comes to us and says, I love you so much that I'm going to send my son into the world. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his son, right? God says, that's who I am. I'm a God who gives. And I want you to have the perspective of giving generously with others. Because everything you have, everything you have, it's temporary. Let's pray. 
Oh God, we thank you uh, that you have blessed us. You have blessed us abundantly. And God, too often we think it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. I earned it, I deserve it, I worked hard for it. But God, we know, according to this story, this parable this morning, that the, that, that perspective leads to the behavior of hoarding. It leads to the consequence of not experiencing joy in this life. But God, you've invited us to a new perspective, a better perspective, your perspective, a perspective of generosity, a perspective of letting go, a perspective of abundance. And so, Lord, we, we just do what you need to do in each one of our lives. Help us to process uh, this incredible message this morning. And help us, Lord, to be good and faithful stewards and caretakers and keepers of all that you've given to us for the short time that we walk on this earth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, you've given so much to us. Our physical possessions, our gifts, our talents, our friends and our family. The gift of your son, Jesus. Lord, help us to remember that we cannot possibly outgive what you have given. We pray, Lord, that you will help us not just give when asked, but to seek opportunities to serve our community, to give to those in need to be in relationship with those who are different from us. God, we have so much. And it takes so little to make a major difference in people's lives. Help us to give and be generous with all that we've been given. Lord, in your mercy. Hear a prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for all of our ministry partners in this community and throughout the world. We thank you for our partnership with Midwest Food Bank, the Crisis Nursery, the Baby Fold, and Habitat for Humanity, for Spark International, and the ministry of Dr. Monroe. Lord, we pray for our ministry partners that they will continue to honor and glorify you in everything that they do as they serve out in the community and the world. We pray, Lord, that you will help us give generously and serve generously with these ministry partners. We thank you, Lord, for the time we spent yesterday at our Habitat house. We pray that Joni will be blessed with the service that we provided there. And Lord, we pray for Dr. Manuel as his country is going through incredible unrest. We pray for his safety, for him and his family, and for the success of his continued ministry there. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Father in heaven, we pray for 
Master. We pray for those who will undoubtedly suffer loss of property, some who will suffer the loss of life, their dear loved ones, some who will just suffer injury. Lord, we pray that you will be with each and every one, everyone as they bear through the storm. And we pray that you will tell us how we can best serve those who are affected. And we remember also, Lord, this morning that there are those who have been affected by hurricanes and fires and natural disasters years ago who are still reeling and suffering from those. We move on with our daily lives, Lord, and they can't because their lives have been devastated. Help us to remember all who are in need. Please provide for them in any way that they need, and please help us, Lord, provide for them in any way we can. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Father in heaven, we lift before you now all of those that we name both out loud and in the silence of our hearts. John and his family.
This morning as we prepare our hearts uh, to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion, we're reminded uh, that on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he was gathered with his disciples. He took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, he gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. You may be seated. Here at Faith Lutheran Church, all are invited to receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ in this meal. In just a moment, the ushers will invite you to come down the center aisle. And as you come forward, uh, row by row, uh, you'll take a piece of bread, dip it into the red wine, or into the white grape juice. Both communion stations have a gluten-free option. And then you'll return to your seats by the side aisles. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Tim, the body and blood of Jesus Christ given in check for you. Amen. And this is the body and blood of Jesus Christ given and shed for you. Amen. Jan, the body and blood of Jesus Christ given and shed for you. Amen. 